Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you folks, as always. We're honored to come across your airways, your radio ways, uh, whether you listen on the radio or a podcast. And we're pretty excited about being home. So uh, Stephanie, uh, Deb, and I were down at a, a camp down there at uh, Southland Christian Camp in Ringgold, Louisiana, in the metropolis of Ringgold. We had a great time. And, and then we went on and we spoke in our church. Debbie and I got in early. We spoke at our church on the way in. So we're about three days added on to getting back home. And I know Stephanie's been catching up with her kids. Lots going on, but Stephanie, catch us up. What's going on with you? Um, well, life is busy. Our, our, um, our time of not having to be on the road is coming, coming to a quick end here. So, um, I'm very, very thankful for the couple of months I had off from that, but, um, we're prepping for a meeting at a supporting church this week and yeah. then a couple of a conference coming up and then a ladies retreat um like the week after that so it's just kind of crazy here for the next uh, month or so with a lot of traveling yeah um so yeah, yeah. But doing well praise yeah. the lord and we head out deb and i head out this weekend for pensacola christian college again looking forward to seeing all our friends and uh, we're pretty busy on the road over the next few months as well. But just, uh, you know what I'm thinking, Stephanie? I'm thinking every time we come back from a camp, it's it's like there's this renewed, I don't know, energy or strength or just wanting to do more. And I mean, what was your feeling coming out of the camp this year? Well, it was the, the Lord really answered prayer. Um, I honestly went into this camp with a lot of reservation. Um, and the Lord really blessed um, I know my church was behind the scenes and they didn't just say they were praying. I know there was prayer meetings happening for the camp. And um, I think that my church's prayers made the difference, just being honest. Um, and I was very thankful for that support. Um, so, yes, yeah, the, the Lord really blessed. I was just very encouraged to see him answer prayer and just to see him work in hearts and lives. And so that's always, that's always an encouraging boost from a spiritual perspective. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And, and, you know, I got to tell you, I can always feel when folks are out there just praying for us on their knees, lifting us up and uh, what battle they're doing for us and what a work they're sending up ahead of us. And I'm thankful for all of you that pray for us on a daily basis. So we've been doing a study through the book of Proverbs. And in just a minute, we're going to be in Proverbs number 14. But along the way, we've added a segment and uh, you're right with God if. So I've had an awful lot of thoughts about you're right with God if. And I was thinking about the folks who came out to camp, and, and this one's for you guys, people who take their vacations and take their time and people who go out of the way to heal, you know, show up at camp and 
and, and the resources that went into that, you know, the, the resources of finances, the resources of vacations and, and everything they did just to get out there so they could be a, a little better of a person and serve God a little better and get to know him. And, uh, just, uh, just the expectation that I'm coming to camp and God's going to bless. And I believe like Stephanie said, he did through the prayers of so many. And, uh, so I want to say this, I think you're right with God. If you go out of your way to plan a retreat or a camp and come out and not only do you, you know, dig in to get help for yourself, but you, you, you're willing to help others and, uh, so many willing to help others. So I want to say thank you for that. And that's a big deal. And, and that's a way we know we're right with God. And, and then what we say and do is we need to encourage one another, I think with, uh, the way we've been encouraged. And I, I know we see that in, in the book of second Corinthians. And, and I think it's a big deal when we encourage one another, when we go out of our way to, uh, just find people within our community, <clears throat> excuse me, and look out for one another and just encourage one another. That's It's just very substantial. It makes a big difference. And so I, I want to thank you for that. And I want to say, uh, you know, just do that, folks. Make some time, serve some time together and be part of it. So many of us can get caught up in the loneliness of thinking we're the only ones. So many of us can get caught up with the craziness of the devil saying, you know, it, it does no good to go to these places. It does no good to go to church. It does no good to be studying my Bible. It does no good. So many of us, but you know, you're right with God when you, when you don't listen to the devil, when you trust God's word and, uh, and, and you just step out and you do things like that. So thank you for that. And I think that makes you right with God. And here we are, Stephanie, we find ourselves still here in the book of Proverbs. We're in chapter 14 and, you know, and we're looking really chapter 14 has been the contrast between being wise and being a fool of wisdom and folly. Uh, we find ourselves at verse number 33. And uh, we're going to go ahead and try to get to the end of the chapter with this podcast. But right away in 33, it says, Wisdom resteth in the heart of him that have understanding, but that which is in the midst of fools is made known. And so, again, the contrast of the wise person, the fool, and, and there's a wisdom in the heart of him that have understanding. There's a wisdom in those who've accepted God's plans for their life. There's a wisdom in those who accept Jesus Christ. Uh, the idea that, you know, when you do that, that wisdom finds this suitable home. But there's another side to this, Stephanie. And uh, the other side of this is, you know, the fools, the, those loud folks who who are messed up or in, in the mist, you know, they're made known. And I mean, looking at this, Stephanie, and you, you take this verse as a whole, and again, looking at it from wisdom and folly, and what's the contrast you're seeing here? Well, I think it's um, very interesting the way God phrases this is wisdom rests um, in other words, it, it, this is an old English way of saying wisdom lives. Um, this is its dwelling place. This is its abode. Wisdom lives in the heart of him that has understanding. And the idea that as we go to the Lord and as, as the psalmist cried out, open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Yeah. That's someone who God's going to give understanding to. He's going to, God's going to speak to that person. Have The still small voice is going to be moving in that person's life in a way. It won't move in the heart of someone who's lukewarm or in the heart of someone, obviously, who's cold. Because this person is coming to God and saying, um, I want to know you. 
I want to walk with you. When you speak to me, I want to understand what you're saying. And that person is going to be wise because it's, it, first of all, to seek the Lord is wisdom, but then to have this extra level of where God literally imparts his wisdom to you as you seek to know him. It's, it's like this um, cycle that as it, James puts it, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. This idea that as you seek to understand God's word, as you seek to understand what he's saying to you, as you walk with him and talk with him, he will impart his wisdom to you. And it will be a situation where his wisdom is in you. It's flowing through you. And guess what? Jesus Christ is wisdom. So if you're his child, he lives in you. He does live in you, but are you going to choose as you seek to walk with him? Are you, it's not just going to be him living in you. It's going to be this idea of there's a communion. You're one, you're walking through life as one. Um, and that's, I, I think that's the beauty of this verse. Yeah, I agree. You know, you ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart and you know, wisdom does make its kingdom within the heart of those who know Jesus Christ as the Lord and savior. It's a, it's a throne to God and, and, and folks, it's hard to get silly. It's hard uh, to live in folly. It's hard to be out there in those things when you're saved, when you're a believer of Christ. And you often wonder sometimes, you know, people who are in the middle of junk in their lives and they turn the wrong direction. They get away from God a little bit, Stephanie, and they, and they can't figure out why am I so miserable? Why does life seem upside down? Well, can I tell you why folks? It's because wisdom uh, wants to rest in your heart and God is wisdom and God is love and God is strength and the Holy Spirit of God rests in those hearts who've accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And it's hard to be a fool when you have that going on. It's a, it's something you have to work at. And, you know, looking at this next verse, Stephanie, this is an extremely well-known verse. I mean, this is a memory verse from when I first got saved. I remember we went to a church and every single week we had a memory verse and uh, we would, you know, take home that memory verse. And once in a while you could get to raise your hand, especially the kids. And, you know, pastor would say, Hey guys, who's remembered this verse? And, you know, chances are someone like Stephanie's Joseph or someone like that, or Charles or somebody or Amy would raise their hand or Stephanie and they'd run over with the microphone to him and they'd quote the verse of the week. And this was, uh, Many of uh, many a nights, as I read this verse and studied for it, we had a competition. This was one of our year verses that went for the verse of the month and then went to the year verse. And it says, Righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. And, uh, you know, righteousness is this idea of following God's will and his way. It's, it's uh, you know, it, it exalteth, you know, individuals, families, neighborhoods, a nation. I mean, it, it tells us an awful lot about what it does, but it, and then it talks about sin. And Stephanie, as we look at the world today, we look at Ukraine, we look at, uh, you know, this deal that the president wants to do with Iran, this nuclear deal that they're trying to get people to sign off on, which is basically we'll start getting our oil from Iran instead of Russia because we don't want to drill in America, I guess. And we want to make all these stupid deals and these all all these different things. And people are sinning and talking about sinning and hide, hiding things. And I think there's almost an embrace when we see, you know, people embrace sin. What a terrible thing. But I mean, looking at this verse, Stephanie, this is obviously something you and your family went over as you were younger and you know righteousness exalted the nation but there's another side to that and what's both sides of this look like well what i see here is obviously what you just said you know we have this this high level um where when you have 
God's principles, the principles of his word, leading a nation, the difference that comes as far as the outworking. And um, obviously we've seen this in our country. You can see this in countries throughout history, um, both sides of this coin. But um, I'm challenged as I look at this verse. We just let my kids and I last night um, watched the movie called Woodlawn. Yeah, good movie. And um, yeah. I was I was challenged anew um, as we watched that. I was convicted and I was challenged, um, and I was made angry in a sense because as I watched that and saw men who were actually men of honor and men of courage that not too far, you know, we're talking mid seventies. Okay. We're not that far removed from that. We're right. talking, you know, the last 50 years, men that were willing to say, no, we're going to stand for God. We're going to stand in places of, um, our sphere of influence. We're going to be righteous. Yeah. And the effect that had on the young people that were under them, because those young people saw Jesus Christ and what happens when God shows up? Mm. And what challenged me was the fact that in our country, we're so it's so easy for us to trash the wicked politicians. And are they wicked? Are they workers of iniquity? Yes. But we should be looking at ourselves, at our churches, at our wonderful, pious, pharisaical Christianity. And realizing that we're a massive part of the second part of this verse. Mm, you're right about that. And I was so just, I was so challenged last night. And as we prayed that God, would you do this again, that you would raise up men and women of courage who are going to stand up and they're going to pray in a place where they're not supposed to pray. They're going to read their Bibles in a place they're not supposed to read their Bibles. They are going to make public declarations that Jesus Christ is Lord, even if it's not popular, even if it means their job being threatened, because that's the only thing that's going to exalt our nation before right. God. And it's time for Christians to stop. It's time for us to get on our knees. And I know there are I'm sure there are a lot of Christians already on their knees. I'm not, I'm not saying that all, I don't want to stereotype, but I personally know a lot of Christians that are a massive part of the second part of this verse. Yes. Yeah, and they're yeah. proudly, they're proudly oh, yeah. fla flaunting their rebellion against God. They don't see it that way, but this is what's going on. And that we as Christians would humble ourselves and I think of, you know, in, in Chronicles, when it talks about if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. And that's what will lead to the first part of this verse. And, you know, I don't, I, I'm not going to be a person that stops praying for my country. I'm not going to stop begging God for his mercy or begging him to, to send a great awakening and to, show his mercy on us because that's, you know, this is where he's placed us. And yes, we pray for earnestly. We pray for those in leadership. We pray for those. We pray for those that claim to know the Lord. We do all those things, but then we better take time 
to say, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me. Because it's one person at a time lighting that candle, letting it shine brightly where Jesus Christ is seen. And you get a you get a hundred thousand people doing that. And that light won't be missed. It'll light up the whole world. And, you know, I. I think probably one of the most patriotic things that somebody can do is repent of their sin and, uh, and be righteous in the sight of God. Uh, it exalteth the nation. I mean, I mean, just being part of this plan exalteth the nation, accepting Jesus Christ and, you know, turning, repenting of your sin, turning away from your sin and pursuing God's righteousness in your life. I don't think there's anything more patriotic we can do for our nation. Anything we can do to improve our nation more is to get our hearts right and a, a heart yeah. that's that's right with God. I mean, that's a throne to God. And then, then this last verse, Stephanie, and again, they all go together, one right after another, verse number 35. And the king's favor is toward a wise servant, but his wrath is against him that causeth shame. And so right away, the king's favor, God's favor, all those favors is always going to be toward a wise servant. I mean, this is kind of one of these easy verses, Stephanie, because our favor, who would we be wanting to hang out with more? Somebody who's wise or somebody who's got wrath against him who causes shame? You know, somebody who's shameful, right. you know, is the wrath against him, it's going to be causing shame. And and so I think as we look at this and, and what you were just saying too about our nation and righteousness and how that idea is, you know, we get to make a difference. We get to be part of this. And, and then we get to this part and we realize that there's, there's an end to the means of, of, uh, uh, of that righteousness. And, and the ends is, you know, your king, your God, your everything will have favor upon those who are wise. And somehow, Stephanie, practically or in a practical way, explain the difference, you know, to all of us. What, you know, what does a king see uh, in, a, in a wise servant that they wouldn't see in a foolish servant? Well, I think you, um, obviously, this is referring to a, a good king. Um, but, you know, uh, uh, any person in a leadership position, um, and ultimately, yes, we, we serve the high king of heaven, and um, he is looking, he is watching his servants to see which ones are wise and which ones are fools, which ones are using the talents he's given them for his glory, and which ones are burying them. Um, but on a practical, so we have that as our umbrella, you know, our ultimate, what we're living for. Yeah. But how that works out in daily life, you know, a parent, uh, a teacher, um, a pastor, you know, any person that's in any position of leadership that has people under them, they're looking for the aides, the helpers that are wise, the ones that clearly are seeking again, where does wisdom come from? It comes from the Lord Jesus Christ because he is wisdom. And so a godly leader is going to be looking for servants to use that Bible term. Yeah. Um, is going to be looking for helpers for people to, you know, help get the job done that are, that are seeking the Lord. And, you know, it doesn't, that's the only prerequisite prerequisite God gives here is that he's looking for wise servants, that a king is looking for wise servants because it doesn't matter your profession. It doesn't matter your gender. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter what you've been through or not been through. If you are seeking the Lord, 
with your whole heart and seeking to walk with him and, and serve him where he has placed you. Yeah. You're a wise servant and, and the favor of the Lord will be on you, but also you'll end up in, you, you know, God will use you here. It, well, in your time here on this earth, to do things you'd be like, whoa, no, that's not me. And it may not be you. It's, it's Jesus Christ working through you and God choosing to give you tasks to do in his favor that perhaps he wouldn't give to you if you had chosen to be the one who buried your talents. Yeah. Um, so that's what I see when I look at this. And, and you know, the, there's a real cool part of that, that, that I think you just hit and I really like, and, and, and that's the concept of, you know, favoritism from God is right here. You know, uh, if you're wise, you know, you're one of my favorite. Uh, favoritism from a king. Hey, if you're wise, I want you to work for me. Hey, Joseph, you're second in charge of Egypt. You know, so, so you know, so many people say, well, you know, my my boss is picking favorites, or and, and that may be the case. And when it comes to God, God's favorites are those people who are righteous. God's favorites are, are those people who are wise. Uh, those people who put godly things first. And I think there's a good lesson here in today's verses. I think, you know, we started off with where does wisdom rest? Well, it rests in your heart. And then that wisdom that's in your heart or that righteousness can exalt your families, your neighborhoods, your cities, your countries, and so on, exalteth a whole nation or a whole people group. And then you come down here, Stephanie, and exactly what you said, man. Hey, you want favoritism? You want to, you know, you want to be used by God. It's not even favoritism. It's open to all. We all have an opportunity to be wise in God's eyes. We all have an opportunity to be wise with our employers. We all have an opportunity to be wise with our nation. And I think there's so much in these three verses that come to us today and say, pick one of these things. You know, if, if you're going to be a fool, you're getting nowhere. But boy, if you choose wisdom, if you choose the well-thought-out answer, if you choose a prayerful answer, if you choose by studying God's Word, if you choose by being part of a community that wants to do better, man, you can make a difference. And by the way, you'll have the king's favor. And I mean, how do you close that out, Stephanie? I think it's, I think it's pretty cool to have God's favor and to have man's favor, the king. Yeah, the, well, there's, you know, you, we think of, um, the fact that God created us to please. Okay. There are knuckleheads out there that seem to get a bigger pleasure out of being a jerk. There are those people, but uh, quite honestly, most people want to please, you know, they want to make people happy. And that's something God built into us to, to be nice to each other. Okay. It's the fallen sin nature that makes sin pleasurable for a season, but God created us to want to bring him pleasure. When he first created Adam and Eve, he created us for his glory and yeah. to bring him pleasure. And there's there's uh, there's power in this last verse as we come to the end of, you know, we've we've this chapter we've covered so much about the fear of the Lord being a fountain of life and um in the multitude of in the multitude of people is the king's honor. In other words, you know, I mean we just covered all these topics that are that are important but when it sums it up here it's kind of like solomon is obviously talking in terms i think here of an earthly king but as we look at yeah. our lives that ultimately is our lord and savior jesus christ when he looks at us can he say of us what he said of job right when when satan comes before jesus christ 
can Jesus say of us, have you considered my servant? Wow. And you fill in your name that he's upright, that there is no man in the earth that walks with me as close as he does. Amen. Is that what is said of us? Because oh. we're at war with the enemy. We are. And that's what the whole book of Job is about ultimately is, is very serious spiritual warfare and God's favor God's favor was on Job, and that didn't mean Job didn't go through hard times. Mm. But when Satan looked at Job, he was rebuked. Yeah. Because God's favor was so on Job because he was such a wise man. And that's what our lives, that's what a truly wise servant of Jesus Christ will do in his life, in his words. His testimony will be a rebuke to Satan and his principalities and powers. And by God's grace, that should be each of our heart's desire. There it is right there, folks, and that should be our heart's desire. We want to serve God. Uh, we want to be righteous, but his righteousness is needed in our hearts. And we hope you're having a great day out there. Now, make sure you come back tomorrow. i got to tell you a story about uh, Stephanie chasing after a copperhead snake in Louisiana. So we'll tell you a little more about that tomorrow, and we'll hop right back into the book of Proverbs. Can't wait to get in Chapter 15. We sure do love you, folks. If there's anything we could do for you, make sure you find us on Helpful Wounded Spirits Facebook page and drop us a message, and we'll make sure we try to get right back to you. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry. Visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.